had it been away Haven't changed, had much to say Yeah, like nobody wants our NBA draft because we actually recorded um, a draft preview, didn't we? No, we did it the night of the draft. The first round ended. You picked me up at the airport because I went when I went to Cleveland. You picked me up at the airport, and then we fired off some hot NBA draft takes and pretty much everything that was relevant like a month ago. I guess it was like a month <laughs> ago, and then like putting it out now would just be ridiculous. So here we are. Yeah, this uh, this summer has been a real grind for me. School's got me backed up, and honestly, sports, the sports world, with the exception of free agency, which was really fun, has just been, like, lackluster. We'll get back to this in a little bit, but uh, Derrick Rose is now going to be a Cavalier, most likely. I was going to say, is that official? It's not official yet, but uh, I- I'm just banking it as official. We'll pretend it is. But first, we're going to get into a little bit of a little little dirty laundry that's being aired out live right now. We got our boy, old, old boy, old Hugh. Hugh Freeze. With his looks old like mistress. He, yeah, it uh, looks like he was hanging out with some uh, some type of escort service. Well, calling them. The, the thing is, is... Per the school official from Ole Miss, they came out and I guess they had the press conference. Um, he wouldn't specify how many phone calls are made or how many different, I guess, escort services or other things that he was doing or how long he'd been doing it. But he said, basically, there were a lot of them, a lot of escort services and other things of that nature. So, um, here the part that I'm not so sure about is whether the escorts were for him, which is, I mean, a bad look as a married man with, I think he has three daughters. Oh, jeez. Married man with three daughters um, banging prostitutes and <laughs> setting that up with a university phone. Idiot. Or is he getting them for the players? Because Ole Miss is already in some hot water over some allegations of paying recruits, um putting up their families and homes, stuff like that. Um, so, I mean, they were already in hot water over that, and Hugh Freeze was probably going to be suspended for the first couple games, maybe up to the first six I saw this season. But, yeah, now that he's out here hiring hookers, like, they canned him. And, I mean, the, the, duh, of course they did. So, yeah, Ole Miss, at pretty much the worst possible time, has no head coach, or they have an interim head coach. It's it, it's going to be interesting because this story is clearly about the snowball. Oh, it, like th- this is the tip of the iceberg, and I mean, back when Hugh Freeze was first hired at Ole Miss, and I think it was that year or the year after they had the number one recruiting class in the country, like no time at all after they lost fourteen straight SEC games. I mean, that's got to raise eyebrow- eyebrows right off the bat. And all of this now coming out. I'm surprised there hasn't been more. Um, I mean, there probably is more. Right, but that's like we said, tip of the iceberg. So, I mean, we'll see. It's going to be fascinating. I can't wait. It's, this w- it, could be, it could be Patino-esque, maybe. We're going to have a nice little, uh, little story about a restaurant, maybe. Well, see, this is this reminds me more of Petrino when he was at Arkansas, but um, while still embarrassing, not as embarrassing because there's not the motorcycle accident with no, it. I was gonna say nothing ever beats that the motorcycle accident and him come. That picture is iconic. Yeah, I don't know if we've talked about it, but how funny is it that Petino and Petrino coach at the same school? Like, how how scummy is their athletic director to employ <laughs> both of those men? You know. Louisville has one of the biggest athletic budgets in the country. Shout out Papa John. It's like top, it might be top five. Shout out Papa John. Um, But yeah, so Hugh Freeze in hot water over a cell phone log. 
Like, what a 21st century college football problem. I just can't believe, regardless if it was for him or if it was for the players, right. why he was dumb enough to use his university phone. Right, like, that that's like that's why they're still making burner phones in 2017. Or for people like me, when they break their iPhone and want to take pictures in hot Atlanta. Yeah, so that is true. Buy, they go buy burner trap phones and take it to Hotlanta with them. But, like, wow. What an idiot. What an absolute idiot. So, yeah, Hugh Freeze, um, dare say, dumbass of the summer. Yeah, he's he's getting fried right now to see. Ooh, this see. just in, Carmelo Anthony willing to waive his no-trade clause for the Rockets. That's not news. That's been known. Oh, hold up. Yeah, I'm going to scratch this. I just saw this on Twitter. His $8 million trade kicker. Oh, that's big. Yeah, oh, pardon me. Yeah, so... The trade kicker, now, that's different. That's a big deal. Yeah. But why he won't raise it for, or wave it for the Cavs, that's... That's got to be a done, little alarming. He's done with the Cavs. Everybody's done with the Cavs. It's crazy how fast the Cavs fell from... Oh, yeah, they're going to get Jimmy Butler. Oh, well, if they don't have Jimmy Butler, they'll have Paul George for the one-year rental to here they are, and Derrick Rose is their big off-season move that's going to beat the Warriors. It's – I just don't understand why Dan Gilbert would not – I don't care if David Griffin wanted $10 million. Just suck it up and pay him. You make so much money anyways. If that was what it took to keep LeBron, then, like, poo-poo, deal with it. Yeah, so. Oh, man, so, yeah. he He's out, freaking Gettleman's out with the Panthers, which was, like, way out of left field. They let the man conduct the draft and then fired him, which is just, like, Knicks-level asinine for them letting Phil Jackson run the draft and then immediately canning him. It's the Carolina Panthers who I thought were had been so stable, like everything was good. 8 and 8. See, I don't I don't know if they're 8 and 8. I think there's too much talent on the roster for 8 and 8. And I think Rivera's a good coach. But it I makes mean, you think I was talking about the Panthers. Maybe I was talking about the Browns. Oh, uh, well, that's too unrealistic. 8 and 8. Hey, well, I mean, you've also long said that, like, the Panthers, even after the 15-1, uh, and one, that they it would level back down to 8-8. Eight and eight. Who said that? You did. Yeah, I told you. Which, I mean, for a franchise that has never had consecutive winning seasons, I guess that's one thing, but I don't know. Like, I think Cam Newton is too good. I think there's too much talent on that defense. I think the offensive line is probably starting to shore up a little bit. I think the Carolina Panthers are going to be a tough out in the NFC for a long time. So, yeah, that was just mind-boggling. And then the Panthers turned around and got back with their ex, Marty Herney, who was the GM before Gettleman. Marty! So, I just don't know, man. Marty's a one-man party. (laughs) Right. Uh, I just... Who is he for? He's for G105, isn't he? Uh, no, he was a he was a QDR. Yeah, he was on ninety four seven QDR. It's Marty, the one man party at City Limit Saloon. We ain't raising prices, we just raising hell. North Carolina's number one party bar. Yeah, put that down as like the top worst radio personality of all time. Oh. Yeah, he was. Oh, bad. I couldn't stand it. But um, anyway, I guess we'll finish kind of the the NBA talk where we were right now. This has got to be the most exciting offseason like ever. Just ever. It was better than the playoffs by far. It was weird. It was such a strange offseason. Wasn't it? And I mean, the East is just so deprived of talent that now all these young teams that are just kind of stocking up on talent, like Philadelphia. I'd be shocked if Philadelphia missed the playoffs. 
there's a. I'm gonna put this out there too. There's also a real chance he goes. I mean, let's just say Cleveland won. It doesn't matter one or two, record wise. Cavs will yeah. poop in the regular season again, and it doesn't even matter. We'll say Cleveland won, Boston two, Milwaukee legit could be three. Yeah, they could uh, very easily be three. I mean, they should they should have beaten they should have beaten the Raptors last year in the playoffs. And that's what I'm saying. I mean, yeah, that only helped them to go. What they go six games, seven games. They might have went. No, they went six. They went six. I, I mean, any time a young team can go six games in the playoffs, that's. I mean, that that's going to be huge for them, and it's going to be huge for Giannis. Um, so, I mean, especially if they can get back a healthy Jabari who can stay healthy. Um, that dude is still only 22. It's uh, unreal. I feel like he's been he's in the league for than, so long. He's younger than me. Damn, yeah. December 6, 94. I'm November 7th. What are you doing with your life? Anna used to do that to me all the time. Like, when, I think Jabari was like the, was he... He was a freshman, our freshman year of college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Anna goes, he's the same age as you. <laughs> I'm good. All right. Like, that, what am I supposed to do? That's so weird, and it really has taken like a lot of like the luster and the shine away from sports for me, because it's like I'm watching all these people, and well, especially with the why... NBA now, and they're all our age, and it's like, <sighs> like, do you know when your that... little athletes are like gods? Why do you think I'm not that big of a, a college sports fan like I used to be? Because it's like, well, these people are now, for the most part, younger than us. I'm not about to obsess over some 18-year-old kid that's committing to Duke. It is what it is. I'm excited, and I'm excited for Duke, but they're younger than me, and it's just, I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's creepy. It's kind of creepy. Yeah. Exactly. Especially for, like, the people that live in, like, the Twitter mentions of high school recruits. And they're, uh, like, grown men. It's it's odd. And then another thing that I think is odd is people buying, like, college athletes jerseys. When, like, these are, like, 18, 20-year-old college athletes. And uh, it's, it's weird. Yeah. It's... Yeah. I mean, but that's not their jersey. That's that just has their happens to have their number on the. Well, I'm talking about like you know, like the fake ones. I know, I know what you mean, but yeah, yeah. I guess I don't really do that either because I was trying to think. No, yeah, it's. Anyway, what were we talking about before we went off on that tangent? Oh, the NBA. Um... And I think Boston is going to be really good in the next couple of years, too. Like, really, really good. Especially if LeBron leaves Who, Cleveland. Boston? Yes, Boston. I, I think Jason Tatum is going to be the think, next great isolation wing in the NBA. Yeah, but I don't know how much his jumper is going to... I don't know if he fits in today's modern NBA. He, uh, he, he doesn't, per se, but... I mean, I said he's going to be the next great isolation player. And, I mean, that yeah, kind of stinks because his game is molded for the NBA 10, 15, 20 years ago. Like, molded to a T. I mean, the team of Jaleel Okafor and Jason Tatum would have won you a title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not really, but you know what I mean. Like, you would have been like, if you had those two, you would have been like, wow, we've got it. We've got our Shaq Kobe. Right. Yo, We've got our one-two punch. Exactly. But, I don't know, man. I think there's just so much that he can do with the ball in his hands that he's such a difference maker, and he will be for so long. Because even just watching him in the summer league, like he didn't look like he belonged in the summer league. Uh, I mean, he wasn't as impressive as Dennis Smith Jr., I thought he was more impressive than Dennis Smith Jr. Tatum? Yeah. No. Dennis, Dennis Smith was out there. He was just blowing by guys and just killing the rim, which I love I'm, Dennis Smith. I still can't believe he failed a nine. I think he's going to be a stud, too. Um, yeah, I mean, Jason Tatum, and he doesn't even necessarily have to be the number one scoring option, especially not yet. 
But I, th I think... See, I can't decide if being put in that spot where he's going to be kind of like... Uh, he's not even going to start. No, probably not. Not immediately, anyway. He'll probably be kind of like Brandon Ingram, where Ingram came off the bench a lot and then maybe started towards the end. Except for I don't know if he'll have the opportunity to start towards the end of the year. like Ingram That's what I'm saying, because it's going to be Isaiah at the one. Well, they traded Avery Bradley, so who's their two? Marcus Smart? Yeah, probably. Yeah, Mark, we'll just say, for the sake of conversation, Marcus Smart. Or could Jalen Brown run the two? It'd probably be Jalen Brown. Well, no, he's a He's more of a board. three. Yeah, but then that they're overloaded at the three. Well, that will... And I was reading um, about something Brad Stevens was saying the other day, and he's kind of going away from, the same way Krzyzewski talks about it a lot, going away from position-oriented basketball, and he says there's only three people that he puts out on the court. Ball handlers, wings, and bigs. Well, I think that's how everyone's, I think that's almost how everyone's playing. So, like, the traditional one through five is, I mean, it's fairly obsolete, especially in the way that Boston's going to use it. The Cavs don't have a five on their roster, besides this, like, Eddie Tavares guy that's just, like, seven-footer developmental guy. But Boston could trot out Horford, Isaiah, and then any combination of Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, uh, Crowder, Tatum, and... Like, any of that would work. Any of it would mesh because they've got a bunch of guys that do the same thing. Obviously, at varying skill levels, but they've got just a bunch of guys that can score. I just, I don't know. I don't, I mean, part of it's my hate, hate, hate. But I also <laughs> just don't I think they're going to be fun. In the next couple of years, they're going to be a lot of fun. I love when Bomani does that. The hate, hate, hate. Hate, 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 hate. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he's um, good, man. And also, I think the Hornets are going to make a really good uh, playoff push and could be uh, they could be a threat because I think they're going to have the best pick-and-roll combo in the league with Kimball okay. Walker and Dwight Howard. <laughs> okay. Who, who's got a better pick-and-roll? LeBron and Kyrie. Like, Luke, that's not... I'm talking, like, traditional 1-5 pick-and-roll, like the high 1-5 high pick-and-roll. Okay, LeBron's your five. That that oh, you just said Cleveland doesn't have a five, so that doesn't count, Mike. Let me have my moment. It's position. No, like I can literally sit here and name you several options that are way better. Maybe uh, CP3 and whoever the five is in Houston. I can't even remember who is it. Nene, is he still CP3? there? No, it's Clint Capella. That one's better. Because Clint Capella can shoot the three. No, he can he. I think he can. I think he shoots the three. I think everybody on Houston shoots the three. I don't know. I'm, I'm starting to sound like an idiot. Just let me be pumped about Kemba Dwight Howard pick and roll with Malik Monk on the wing, and he can fill up the damn basket, man. That kid Damian can Lillard and Joseph Nurkic. All right. Anyway, um, in the Eastern Conference, who has a better one-five high pick and roll? Eastern Conference. I just named you LeBron, Kyrie. That doesn't count. Um. Al Horford and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> um, you tell me you take Horford on your team over Dwight Howard? Yes. Literally, yes. Dwight Howard has passed his prime. Dude, he's not Dwight Howard he used to be. I'm ready for the Dwight Howard renaissance. Okay, if you're having the Dwight Howard renaissance, I'm having the Derrick Rose renaissance. <laughs> We're all going back to freaking 2012. Oh, my. Derrick Rose was so good pre-injury, man. He was so explosive. If he can get one one eighth of that back, he'll be perfect off the bench. No, it's not going to happen. He's going to be in street clothes for fifty games and get hurt in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, I'm interested though. They they must have like changed their mind on how they felt about Jose Calderon. Yeah. Because they signed him, and then they're like, actually, yeah, we can't go in. No, nah, never mind. That's our backup point guard. He said, you good. This is a horrible idea. Um, But how stacked is the Western Conference, man? Like, an eight seed out there? And the eight seed in the Western Conference could probably make it to the conference semis in the East with ease. Maybe even the conference finals. 
Yeah. I would put – I mean, I think Portland is a pretty good example of an eight seed in the West. And I would argue in seven-game series, Portland would be everyone in the East but Cleveland and maybe in Boston. Maybe. Well, I don't know about Boston now with Hayward and Tatum. No, I'm, I'm saying they wouldn't beat them. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the only two teams they would lose to would be Cleveland and, and Boston, probably. But I could give them a fighting shot against Boston. But Minnesota got a lot better. Um, Utah, even though they lost Hayward, is still good. Lonzo Ball is going to win the MVP in his rookie year. I mean, the West is just stacked, Mike. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I am going to laugh when he averages a triple-double this year, though. I couldn't believe what he did in the summer league. I could. Yeah, I, I could. was, was well, kind of surprised. Well, he didn't have a triple-double the whole time he was in college, and he turned out, what, three in the summer league? Uh, two, maybe. I think he had three. I think it was three. Yeah, I mean, it was... It was awesome. It was really, really cool. And somehow, I don't know what it is, but that whole family, like, they are just marketing geniuses. Because something as little as him changing shoes, like, that's all anybody talked about for, like, three days, was Lonzo Ball changing shoes. Like, they have found a way to keep their names in everybody's mouth all the time. And it's actually kind of genius. They're becoming the basketball Kardashians. I think that's Tristan Thompson. No, I'm I'm being serious. Think <laughs> yeah. about what they're doing. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Except for like they have a reason to be famous, basketball talent. But yeah, yeah. That being said, bas- the NBA basketball, at least the regular season, because I mean, the finals are pretty much decided for the next couple of years. It's it's a, it's gonna be a lot of fun to watch, man. I just hope I enjoy my last year. Last year of LeBron? Yeah. Before he's like a Laker or something. I'm I'm declaring I think he's gone. Yeah, uh, especially when they let the GM go. They didn't make any kind of move because they didn't have a GM. I mean, what do you expect? It's Just reading the things about how the Cavs, like, when Paul George got traded to the Thunder, they were like, stunned because like they thought they had him and that the report was said that it was like that portland not portland um indiana was about to let uh paul george get in touch with dan gilbert and everything like that's how seriously close they were and then oklahoma city must have just sweeped in at the last minute and been like you know what we heard you're only getting gary harris and picks for Paul George, how about we give you Oladipo and Sabonis? And they were like, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? I mean, and then when the mellow thing fell apart, it was just, like, it was just bizarre how seemingly fast the Cavs, I don't want to say fell from grace, but, like, fell from grace. You know what I mean? Like, it all blew up so fast. They're still, they're still head over heels the best team in the I know, and I and I don't know and if it's like a thing, little they, bit of bias for me. I still think they've really got a shot to contend in the finals. Yeah, I mean, look, it's a seven-game series. All they got to do is win their home games and steal one on the road. I mean, last year it should have been 2-2 going into game five. Yep. Um, 100% should have been 2-2 going into game five. They got no help from their shooters. Corver was absent. Darren Williams was walking trash. Kyrie didn't wake up until game four. Um, it's it was nuts, and they blew him out in game four. Yeah, that was the one I was at. They were competitive in game three. They should have won game three, and I mean there were stretches of game five where they were ultra competitive too. I mean I don't, I don't want to sit here and say it's a foregone conclusion just because the Warriors won in five this year. It's the sports aren't so black and white like that. There's just so much gray um, that you can't really just pinpoint it like that. But I mean, you'd be stupid not to say that the Warriors are still the overwhelming favorites until one piece of that core leaves. 
Yeah, the frustrating part was that none of the little side pieces fell off. Yeah, I mean, if Iguodala was gone, I'd give even somebody else in the West a chance to beat them, just because I think he's huge off the bench. No, um, he definitely is. But he stayed. Livingston stayed. And then they I added not, freaking Swaggy P. I don't think Swaggy P will help much, but... he I mean, he's a shooter. And they got uh, Omri Caspi. <laughs> former Cavalier. Yeah, Omri former Cav. Um, so, yeah, I mean... The finals aren't a foregone conclusion, but the finals are a foregone conclusion... I just can't wait for the Western playoffs with any team not named Golden State playing. It could be dogfights. Oh, it's going to be spectacular. Like, imagine a Minnesota-Houston series. Be a lot of fun. All seven of those games would be so much fun. All seven of them. But first, you gotta, we got to get... Look at you. You're skipping football season and just talking basketball. You're right. I've been so caught up in the NBA that I've put football on the back burner but football is so close it's a month away um we're gonna be back in just the glory of college football i know we were kind of downplaying college athletics a little bit earlier but there's just something about college football as a whole that's just so so special for me it's college basketball that's fallen off a lot more i still love college football yeah well college football is just it, it it's I almost like a religious experience in a way. Basketball. Still love college basketball a lot. Absolutely. It's just it's not the same. I'm, I'm nowhere near as obsessed about it as I used to be. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. It used to be like I could tell you everything about Duke's recruits they were getting, and the rest of the recruits in the ACC for that matter, just because you had to keep up. Yeah, and now it's just like, hmm, uh, yeah. I mean, I know Duke, Duke's always coming in loaded. But I think part of that is because the NBA has become so entertaining. Oh, agreed. Part of it also is the fucking one-and-done rule. Everything changes. You don't get connect, You don't build any type of connections anymore. Well, and I think part of why the NBA has become so, so much more entertaining for me is because all these guys that were at Duke for one year and they go to the league, it's like you still want to stay connected with them and keep up with them, so you keep up with them through the NBA where the, where they're playing, and it connects you with the NBA a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, as a college basketball yeah. fan, because the NBA was nowhere near, like, my top three or four favorite sports before, but since Duke has become so immersed in the one-and-done type players, like, my connection with the NBA has grown so much just because more of my Duke guys I like are there and they're successful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. That, for me, that's how it's happened. Sorry, I got distracted. I'm looking at, I'm deciding whether I want to go to uh, the NC State-South Carolina game. In Charlotte? Yeah. How much your tickets? Uh, student tickets are forty, and they're in the lower end zone. Could you get me one? I'd go with you. The guest tickets are a hundred. Nope. And that's not worth it at all. Mm-mm. For two like mid-level in each of their conference teams. Excuse me, South Carolina will be low level. NC State yeah. will be mid-level in their conference. State opened things. up, I think, as a thirteen-point favorite, and then. I think it dropped down to like five. Huh. Um, you want to do a little college football preview? Do we want to wait for Sam to come on or no? Uh, yeah, we might should just because. He's like the only one on that group thing we haven't had on, right? And he'll wrap Duke football really well. Yeah. Right, because everybody else in there we've had on. Yeah, because Caleb came on. Yeah, Caleb and Daniel. One with Pond was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was. Especially when I... I was thinking about that today because I was in the library and I had to, like, be quiet until I could get a room. So I was, like, whispering <laughs> into the mic. Yeah. 
he's honestly such a fun ass person to be around. Sam or Pond? Pond. Sam can be kind of snooty. I haven't. I also haven't hung out with Sam in a long time. Ooh, Mike. Fire up what? the hot take machine. David Cutcliffe was in Oxford, Mississippi today. Oh no way! That <laughs> was. His grandson was born there. <laughs> oh, did you see I texted in the thing? Well, no, what'd you say? That Cut was going back to yeah. Ole Miss? No, I, th I think at this point he's just going to retire at Duke. Thankfully. Because Duke yeah. football has had no stability in my entire life until Coach Cut was there. I mean, I'm hoping... That he does, I, no, he's not leaving. Let me stop. There's no way. If he didn't go to Tennessee the year after yeah. he started at yeah. Duke, there's no way he's ever leaving. Yeah, that's true. Let me stop. Like, they're going to, as sad as it is, they're, he's going to wind up being like a 500 or worse coach in his entire tenure at Duke. There's going to be like a statue, or they're going to name something after him. Stadium. Yeah, well, no, they'll never take Wallace Wedge name off the stadium. But it'll be like the David Cutcliffe, well, it's Brooks Field. It'll they'll, be, instead of the Yo Football Center, it'll be the yeah, Cutcliffe, the Cutcliffe football, football, Center, football Center. Something like that. Which is crazy because he'll be 500 coach. But he won the first bowl game in 50 years, and I was beginning to think I'd never see that in my whole life. My mom had never seen it in her whole life. I remember the year, uh, oh, what year was it? It was before they had made a bowl game. Um, was it the Renfrey era? Like early Renfrey? Or was it Thad Lewis? Yeah. Was Thad Lewis still slinging it? I think it, it might have been Thad. I don't know. His senior it year. Was, it was the year they started 3-1. and one. I think it was Thad Lewis still. Yeah. And Maybe they beat this, Kansas and Central. and In Virginia. Yes. And I had bet my mom, I said, mom, at the beginning of the year, because we had season tickets, and I was like, Mom. It was Duke 2009. Bowl, if Duke goes to a bowl, you have to take me. Shake my hand on it. And she was like, laughed. Like, LMAO, okay, Mike, sure, I'll take you. And they started 3-1, and one, and I was like, we're going to a bowl, we're going. And then they kind of imploded. That was every year, man. That was that was the year that Will Snyderwine, I don't remember if, if you remember oh, Will Snyderwine, he was the kicker. And they played, he was a third-team All-American the year before. Great kicker. Super reliable. They played Richmond in the opener. FCS Richmond. And he missed two or three field goals and they lost. And that was the story all year long. Missing field goals all over the place. Will Snyderwine, I, I'm, I'm still so damn mad because I, I, I learned the backup kicker's name, and every game I went to, I called for the backup kicker, and he never came because Will Snyderwine was out there stinking it up. It's brutal. That was the year they beat the shit out of State and Carter Finley, though. Uh, oh, yeah, 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 I remember. Because Russell remember. Wilson hadn't thrown an Russell interception Wilson. in, like, X amount of passes, and Duke broke that. I had, uh, the, I had the pictures of Russell Wilson throwing the pick cut up in my room. From the newspaper. I had the newspaper hanging yeah. up. That was, like, God. the biggest win of my Duke football fandom for the longest time. It was one of the big ones. Just like the Virginia one when they beat Virginia's ass. I think it was his first year. Well, no, you remember the one... Um, they came from behind, and it was the, um... That was the 10-win season. The Desmond... No, 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 no. It was Desmond Scott off right tackle at the very end of the game. Oh, jeez. Because it was, it was like a 33-yard touchdown, and I was like, it was raining, and Duke was bad again. I think they only won like three games all year. That was one of them. I was like, I'm not going to go see those bums lose in the rain. I'm not wasting my Saturday. And then they won. But I think still... Um, I mean, we had season tickets for a long time. I think I can still count the number of Duke wins I've seen in person on both of my hands. Oh, no, I cannot because it's I've been less able, than 10. Being close to home 
Like, I've been able to go to some magical ones. I've been to both. UNC wins at Duke, the recent ones. I was at the I was at the first one, the one where they beat him for the first time. No, it was they beat him yeah. for the first time since two thousand three, the second time since nineteen ninety four. That and was such a fun one. To claim bowl eligibility. Yes. I I abandoned my ex girlfriend and <laughs> ran down on the field because I was so excited. And then they didn't win a game for the rest of the year. Yep. But that was so worth it. That was that was the peak of my Duke football. Uh, Last fandom. year's was so much fun too, because I went from school and I, and came and went and watched it. That it was like a Thursday night one. Yeah, it was a Thursday night game. That was a blast. Carolina um, stunk it up. But my favorite one was when me, my sister, and my cousin after Thanksgiving went to Chapel Hill, the ACC championship season. Yeah. And we went and we got, because it's UNC Stadium, the front row seats are cheaper because they're all the way on the ground. Yeah. They don't have good vision. So we like in South Carolina. Seats. Yeah, we have front row seats in the end zone. Man. And Duke won. On and the, Deva- even, the Devon Edwards pick. And we didn't even buy them in, uh, like, the Duke section. We were in the Carolina oh, section. Oh, man. I was losing it. <laughs> it was Amazing. I remember. I don't see it because I didn't actually get to watch any of that game. I um, I was at the because that was the day of the 2013 Iron Bowl, the Kick Six game. Um, so I was getting amped up, getting ready for that. And I think as soon as I walked in the stadium, they like flashed the update on the video board because Duke had won. Like that was Duke's tenth win. They were going to the ACC championship game, so it was like relevant national college football news <laughs> and they put it up on the video board and it was like the coolest thing ever you just felt amazing yeah and then and then they beat alabama and and then it just captivated one of the greatest days of they're like life. the greatest football day I've, i think i've ever had oh my god yeah also i'm getting distracted while i'm talking there's this thing called uh, it's in, I think it's in October 8th. Yeah, it's October 8th. It's called Race for Steak. Uh, you have my attention. It's in, at Angus Barn. Okay. I don't think you're going to want to do it because I want to do the 10, de- the 10K, I think. Cool. Which is six miles. Yeah. And it, but so normally if you wanted to pay and you wanted to go to the post celebration at the Angus Barn, yeah, it's seventy five dollars. Okay. But if you're a full time student, it's thirty five dollars, and you get to eat the steak. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah. That is pretty good. I might talk to my sister and try to do this. I don't know if she'll want to do. That. Yeah, she will, cause she always is just trying to fucking run. Yeah. Um, Y'all crazy for that. It's actually really nice. I've got, I got into it a lot more. You just have to kind of get at peace with it and get a zone. All right, so we could go, we could do NC State football talk about their, the hype NC State's receiving. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we could do this though. Um, so, Probably, I don't know when this will get posted, but as you probably noticed, if you follow me or Luke, or even if you remotely care, there was only 15 votes. And, <laughs> and it, I probably it, twice as many games. people voted for it as listen that listen to the podcast, though. So, oh, exactly. But uh, in a close matchup, I won eight votes to seven. And if I was a wide receiver and Luke was a DB, who wins that one-on-one matchup? So I truly am the superior athlete here. I think that bothers Luke. It do, it doesn't bother me because we haven't actually done the contest. Um, you can win on paper and that's fine, but real <laughs> real champions are made on the gridiron. Or in our case, I think we're going to do it in the parking lot outside of Wallace Wade oh. for a tailgate. Oh. I think that's kind of what we decided. Um, yeah. And I feel supremely confident about my tailgate athleticism. I don't know. I'm kind of a boss, so we'll have to see. I'm a tailgate All-American, Mike, and I don't think you're ready for whatever I have to offer. I'll bring my receiver gloves. 
please. We also got to pick out what Duke games are going to this year, and I'd love to come see a state game too. So I think we got. You're gotta, more than welcome to. I think I we got to plan out. I tried on the state thing because it says how many student tickets do you want, and just messing with the checkout thing, I tried to hit two. Uh huh. I, I was like, oh, this thing is dumb as hell. It's gonna let me buy two student tickets. But it it said no. You have to buy only one. Well, I'm gonna go ahead and get it out there now. I'd love to come up for the Louisville game or the Clemson game. Clemson game is a Thursday night, right? Oh, is it? Well, maybe not then. No, yeah. Louisville might be Thursday night. One of them's a Thursday night. One of them's. A, I think you're right. I think Louisville's a Thursday. night. Yeah, because night. I'm looking at the schedule. They've already got the time on there, so that's probably Thursday night. Yeah, that's the Thursday night one. Oh, uh, go ahead and chalk that up as a dub. Thursday nights are so weird. All right, let's. Okay, first things first. Let's just go through state schedule. We're gonna do. We're gonna do hyper optimistic. All right. Hyper optimistic. Yeah. Um, kickoff against Stop. South Carolina. W. Win. Marshall win. Furman, Furman win. win. At Florida State. Undefeated Florida State at this point, ranked number one in the country. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. No, they opened up against Alabama. That's why I said undefeated Florida State. No shot. No shot. Have you seen Saban in openers? Have you seen what he's done to teams in season openers? That's why I'm so excited when Duke plays them in like 2020. Yeah, I can't I can't wait to go to Atlanta in the new Georgia Dome, whatever they actually call it. Mercedes-Benz. The Mercedes-Benz Dome and see Duke lose by 70. Well, actually, Saban probably won't be the coach at that point. It'll probably be Dabo. It'll be Dabo's tide. Um, All right, well, let's get back on this. All right, so let's just count. We'll count Florida State's loss. Def, I mean, they're on the road. It's I'm, I'm cool with that. L. Home versus Syracuse. W. And then Home you get the Louisville. the Thursday night game against Louisville. And it's, Thursday nights really are kind of funny, man, because Thursday night when the higher-ranked team is on the road, it's it gets iffy. That's the season-defining moment for them. Oh, I agree. Because, in theory, they should be going into that game 4-1. and one. With a loss at top at Florida 15 State. Florida State. And so, and Louisville, assuming, will probably be top 15 at the time. They absolutely, well, let's look at their schedule. They absolutely should be. Louisville, before that, has Purdue at Carolina. They also play Clemson and then two throwaway games. So, I mean, they've got Carolina and Clemson and Purdue right off the bat. But they should still be ranked. They'll be ranked for sure, yeah. And so, in theory, state if they could pull that upset off, would be five and one, and in turn, could be ranked. Right, absolutely. For the sake of this, we will say they win. Yeah. Pitt, we will say they win. Now, hold up. After they play Louisville, they've got a two-road game stretch against Pitt and Notre Dame. They're Notre Dame them. was four and eight last year. They'll be better than that this year. Well, and State beat them last year. They're not beating Notre Dame two years in a row. Well, I, I don't... They're going to drop one of those two. I can see them losing at Pittsburgh just as easily as in South Bend. Okay, so we'll say we'll say they split those. At uh, highly optimist, sure they'll split those. The Clemson one's near my birthday. Maybe we'll do Mike's twenty third birthday weekend celebration. Ah, your Sheldon Williams year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my LeBron James year, but whatever. So Mike reigns in as Sheldon Williams year as. State loses to Clemson in the Textile yeah, Bowl. I'm, I'm Apparently that's what that's called. It is the Textile Bowl. How did you know that? Did you click on it? I'm on Wikipedia. Uh, yeah, it is called the Textile Bowl. A lot of orange in the Textile Bowl. And then, in theory, they should win out, the rest of them. At Boston College, sure. At Wake Forest, sure. At Carolina, that's a toss-up. Home Carolina. It's tough to say. That's a toss-up. But it's not unrealistic to say they can't pull out nine wins out of the schedule. Um, um, I'm going to say eight wins beyond a shadow of a doubt. I think they're an eight-win football team. Now, let me tell you what I think is really going to happen. <laughs> Go ahead. They're going, to, they're going to lose to South Carolina, win Marshall, win Furman, lose to Florida State. Um, They'll beat Syracuse. 
beat Syracuse, beat Louisville, lose Pitt, lose Notre Dame, lose Clemson, and then win their last three. So what's that, seven wins? Yep. Well, I mean, that's not the worst thing in the world. They'll, 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 they'll shit the bed somehow. Oh, yeah. I, hope, I just hope Bradley Chubb has a breakout year and becomes top 15 pick. He'll be a first-round draft pick, I think, for sure. He was an absolute stud last year. All right, so we went through uh, so we went through state state schedule. Um, we're gonna save the Duke schedule for a later date, but I wanted to run through Auburn's schedule with you. Pull that up real quick. Let's go through and see if we can uh, predict a record. Give me just a second. Yeah, um, because I am incredibly optimistic about this coming football season for Auburn. Oh, also on another note, my friend Cat, you met her. Yeah. Her sister goes to Auburn. War Eagle. And she might go down one weekend. And she said I could go if she wants. You bringing me? That's what I was getting at. Do you, if, if I do it, do you want to go? Yep. Yep, yep, 100%. We could go like October 7th and see him play Ole Miss. And shit on Ole Miss, yeah, that'd be fun. I was trying to look at games that would be realistic to go to. Ole Miss. They don't have that many... Three, four, five. I guess they got seven home games. They're just really weirdly spread. Yeah, they got a uh, they got a really tough stretch there at one point. Um, yeah. All but, right, so let's run through this Auburn schedule. Um, they run through Georgia Southern without a doubt. Uh, um, and then week two at at Clemson in fake Death Valley against the defending national champions, who lost a lot of talent. Auburn was super competitive with them last year when Gus Malzahn did the weirdest thing I've ever seen anybody do with quarterbacks. Um, this year they should have one quarterback, the kid from Baylor, Stidham. Jared Stidham, is that how you pronounce his name, I think? Um, yeah. I think he's going to be a stud, and I think he's going to pull out a big win on the road at Clemson. Um, I mean, not so fast, my friend. <laughs> Oh, I missed that. College football, please come back. I mean, it won't, like, I'm not going to be like, it's not going to be like a stunner if they win. Like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Like, like last year, I don't think it would have been a stunner if they won. It would have been. They were in the game, and I wasn't surprised at all. They were in the game the whole time. Humble brag. How many were to Auburn out last year? I think they were a... Off the top of my head, they won ten games. I'm going to double check. Really? I thought they were like an eight. They were eight and five. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. For a while, it looked like they should have won ten games, though. <laughs> they were um. They were seven and two going into their last four games, including the bowl, and went one and three. Hmm. They should have beat Georgia, um, and. No, they uh, didn't get a first down in the second half and lost by oh six. Crushed Alabama A and M. Um, got crushed by it. Couldn't move the ball against Alabama, and then starting quarterback got hurt in the first drive against the bowl game, and then got wrecked by that woman beater Joe Mixon. Anyway, all right. So let's run through this again. We've got here Georgia Southern win, Clemson L. I'm calling it a win. Um, Mercer they beat. At Missouri, there's no reason they shouldn't win that game. And then they've got they've got a uh, two-game home stretch against the Mississippi schools, which they'll be better than both of them. They the should win those. Da- the Fighting Dax and the Fighting Eli's. And the uh, Fighting Fighting Freezes. The, um, the fighting Escorts. So I've got them at five and zero right now. Six and zero. You have them at six and zero. I have them at six and zero, going into a three-game road stretch against LSU, Arkansas, and A and M. They haven't won at LSU since nineteen ninety nine. So they're due. (laughs) But I said that last time they went to LSU, and then the big Leonard Fournette coming out party happened. 
where people were literally like bouncing off of him and he was like shrugging off tacklers. You remember that? Yep. They lost by like 50. Anyway, they're due. This is the year 7 and 0. But um it's like ridiculous to think that they could win three road games in a row. Logic tells me that. Um, That's smart. But logic also tells me they don't lose to Arkansas. They beat Arkansas fifty-five to nothing last year. I think. Okay. And ever since Texas A&M has moved to the SEC, whoever's playing on the road has won every game of the Auburn A&M series, and they're playing on the road. That being said, I still feel like they drop one of those, but between the fact that they're due for a win against LSU and Baton Rouge, they beat Arkansas by 50 last year, and they're playing on the road at A&M. Why can't they go 3-0? Luke, don't ever tell me I'm delusional about the Browns going 8-8. <laughs> because just hearing you speak right now... Is but like it's just- all rational. Okay, I can sit there and rationalize everything too. I can rationalize how state's gonna go ten and two. Um, I'm really I'm starting to realize how ridiculous I am because now there's three games left. They haven't beaten Georgia in three years. They should have beat them last year, and I think they're still a superior football team. So you're saying they're beating Georgia? Um, I really don't think so. Okay, now you're just trying to give yourself legitimacy. No, I don't know, because I think Jacob Eason, who was the number one overall quarterback in the country coming out of high school year before last, um, I think he's I think he's going to be a stud. I think Georgia's defense is going to be pretty damn good again, and they've always got somebody that can run the football. Cam Newton isn't on this team. Auburn isn't going undefeated. I think they dropped the game to Georgia. Bounce back, smack Louisiana Monroe, and set up a Iron Bowl in which, which could very well be another winner-take-all type situation a la 2013, right? For the right, for who gets to fight NC State, college football playoff. Well, they'd still have to go to the SEC championship. Yeah, true. Which Alabama's SEC schedule is at Vandy, Ole Miss at home, at A&M, Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU at home, and at Mississippi State. They got a fairly easy draw. Um, So Auburn goes into the Iron Bowl, probably a toss-up for the SEC West again, a la 2013. And I don't know if I'm comfortable predicting a winner of that game. So we'll just say, who knows? Whatever happens, happens. But I think the winner of that game is without a doubt a lock for the college football playoff. Um, If Auburn's at the record, you think they are, yeah. But, but no offense, I don't think they'll be there. That's okay, Mike. I'm not asking you to think that. Then again, in uh, 2013, who thought that they would be where they were, you know? <laughs> Touche. Football's just funny. Football's funny like that, man. I mean, it's going to be crazy when the college football playoff is Washington, NC State, Ohio State, and Auburn. I don't think you can let somebody from the <laughs> Pac-12 back into that thing, man. After last year? Yeah. it's It'll be... What about, what about USC and Sam Darnold? It, no. It'll be an SEC West team. It'll be an ACC Atlantic team, whether that's Florida State or Clemson. Or NC State. Probably not Clemson. I'd say, I'd, I'm more apt to say Florida State or Louisville. Maybe State. State, the perennial ACC dark horse. I feel like they've been a dark horse for the past decade. That's what Joe Obvious was talking about, how that, uh, like, outside of, People that love to pick NC State as a dark horse are clearly not from the area. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, like uh, Cole, Cole Kublik, who's a great Twitter follow, 
Um, he posts a lot of clips of like line play if you're into that kind of stuff, yeah. like offensive line and defensive line just film. Um, he posts a lot of that, and he's got NC State in his Final Four. Although it's like a way too early Final Four, but. Even if State could make the ACC chance, they're the only team left in North Carolina that hasn't made it. And, I mean, if they played in the Coastal, they probably would have made it by now. Yeah, TBH. Because State, I mean, like the Russell Wilson years, one of those years they would have probably got it. Right. Um, But, yeah, it's – I, I'm probably the biggest – um, I probably go against preseason like predictions, like who's going to be in the playoff, who's in your top five, your top twenty-five, who's going to be in these bowl games. I hate all of it, all of it. It's stupid. You just gotta wait for the games to be played. Exactly. But anyway, that's I mean that's literally what we're sitting here doing right now. We just spent the past half hour doing it. It's fun, but it holds literally no merit. Oh, I know. And if you just go on enough outlets and say enough different opinions... You get, you get your bases covered. I lost two guys. <laughs> Dude, today they were so funny. Alright, let me stop before I just go on a rant about that show. But um, Yeah, college football, it's right around the corner. Can't wait. Bro- Christmas, better than Christmas. I will get a little taste of a uh, little Browns preseason action. Happy to say that I will be at the uh, August tenth preseason game. I think they're playing. I think it's New Orleans. Oh, cool! You probably get to see a little bit of Drew Brees if he plays in the first one. Oh, yeah, I, d- I doubt he'll play, but you get to see Adrian Peterson in his new jersey. Oh wow! I think it was the Saints. Let me see. I don't want to lie to you. Like when you made up whoever state played that one time. <laughs> yeah, no, it's New Orleans. I was right. That'll be a good one. Yeah, it's a Thursday night game against New Orleans. So that'll be fun. Um, I mean, I already looked. I haven't bought a ticket yet, but I looked. But like, I get like a lower level ticket for like twelve dollars. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't even really looked at the Panthers' schedule for, like, a game that I could I mean, go to. I mean, it's, it's one, it's the Browns, so nobody has expectations. Two, it's right. preseason. Right. Well, I'm still suspended from the NFL, so I can't go to any games this year. God, that is so funny that you got kicked out. Yeah, but I don't know if we've ever talked about it on the pod, but I'm suspended from the league until further notice. O.J. Simpson is not suspended from the NFL, but Luke But Bush I has. am. Yep. I won't say why, but I was asked to leave the game this past year. You've also been suspended from the Auburn Football Flag Football League, haven't you? They let me back in, but I was suspended from all recreational activities. Like, I couldn't go to the (laughs) rec center. I couldn't sign up for other intramural sports. I was just... You couldn't even go to the gym? No, I didn't go, but if I wanted to, I couldn't. They They suspended me for a game of the flag football season. So would you have, like, if you swiped your gym card when you walked in, it would have said denied? Yep, I wouldn't have been able to get in. That's <laughs> so embarrassing. But I will say this, I still led my intramural team in touchdowns that year, even though I led the team in um, touchdowns, I think I led the team in interceptions, and I also definitely led in suspensions. Luke, so, how uncoordinated was this team you played on? We were actually pretty good. Nobody Luke, covers the center, though. And I was the center, so I'd snap the ball, and I'd like <laughs> I was the checkdown pass, and nobody covered it, and I had a little bit of speed, so like I'd get to the edge, and I was going touchdown. Uh, that reminds me, this week, uh, some people I played football with in high school got into like I don't, it turned into like this big Facebook reminiscing conversation, and so on someone's picture, and they were just writing in comments about football. From <laughs> Yeah. And someone wrote, wait a minute, did anybody realize that our center weighed the same amount as our quarterback? <laughs> LMAO, who is talking about me. 
<laughs> oh, man. Because that was when I was like, I played it like 185. Oof. Undersized, but over-talented. Oh, grit. Dedication. Yeah, a lot of grit. That is the definition of grit when you would look out there like, look at that little dude. Mm. Our uh, trainer used to, um, his name was Doc. I think his real name wasn't Doc. Everybody just called him Doc. Sure. Um, but he would like come up to me and tell me how much, how, like how much he liked my effort out there, blah, blah, blah. And like one time he like saw my helmet and I was like holding it and he like he looked at it and had all these, cause mine was like one of the more scratched up ones cause I was so small. I had to shove my face in Right. Everything. And I mean, you're right there in the, the literal trenches. So. And so he was like, look at this. I love it. Look at all this. And I wanted to aren't you the trainer? Like, shouldn't you be telling me not to, like... <laughs> shouldn't you be telling me not to lead with my head? Like, smash my head into things. But he loved... It was, like... It was random. He loved the offensive line. It was... It was my senior year, and... One day, it was, like, during practice, whatever, whatever, and then after practice, Coach Ham, who's our offensive line coach, was, like, told... The just like the just the offensive line, nobody else. He's like, yeah, Doc wants to see all of you in his in his office, all of you. And I was like, what? like, what does he want to see us? Yeah. Like, I don't need to be stretched. Like, I'm fine. I was the only thing I could think of, which was not true. It wasn't what happened. I was like, oh, he got us all those knee braces that the guys in college wear. Oh, <laughs> uh, you thought you were about to look real. <laughs> well, I probably would have looked ridiculous because it would have been so oversized on me. Yeah. But then we went in there, and he was like, just talking about how much he loved the effort and how we were the heart and soul, blah, 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 of the team. And then he like was like, I, and my wife made these for y'all and like pulled out this big thing of lemon bars and brownies. Oh, wow. Oh, because big boys got to eat. <laughs> and then so literally every week after that, like on a Wednesday before, or Thursday before games, we got snacks. Just the offensive line. That's awesome. It was just the most random thing, though. And he only did my senior year, so apparently junior year we weren't good enough. <laughs> Even though it was literally the same five starters both years. Damn. But that was Mike's, That was the hashtag glory days reminiscence. Yeah. I'm excited for this fall. Shout out uh, Sammy Hard. I'm going to get him to recruit a bunch of little... <laughs> Luke cringed when I said that. I'm getting him to recruit a bunch of little freshmen, and I'm going to lead them in flag football. You are not going to win a single game with a team full of freshmen. See, the question is, do I make them play competitive, or do we just do wreck? It doesn't matter. You won't win any games. Oh, you want to bet? Kind of. I'm, I'm I have no way of actually knowing, though, so I don't know if I can bet. It's not like I can pull up the Sports Center ticker and see the NC State <laughs> C League Division flag football results. Dirty Mike and the boys. Yeah. Oh, no, I'll call that team Dirty Mike and the freshmen. Dirty Mike and the little boys. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they'll let me put that name. Dirty Mike and the young men. They already barely let me put Dirty Mike and the boys on the IM thing. That's stupid. Snowflakes. <laughs> Hashtag sad. Um, well, this is episode 12. The boys are back in town. You probably thought we'd be on episode 30 by now, but we got kind of lazy. Summer happens. Summer grind, man. This summer has been a grind for me in school, and I know you've been grinding up there in old Busey, knocking out that GE work, so. Yeah, been grinding. Yeah. Only a few more weeks before I'm back in Rollywood for my... My victory tour. And we'll be seeing you at Boxcar. Oh, yeah. Plus, you'll only be... Did you say, are you really only 40 minutes from Raleigh? N- no, where did you come up with that? I thought you told me it was only like 20 minutes from... It was 20 minutes outside of Wilmington. Yeah. So, 40 minutes from Raleigh. Raleigh's not an hour from... Raleigh's a good two hours from here. Okay, you're an hour and 20 minutes. Or an hour and 40 minutes. Yeah, but still, like, when you get off the highway, depending on where you go, it's still, like, 15 minutes off the highway, so it's more or less the same. Oh, that's disappointing. Yeah. I was hoping, like, maybe it cuts the commute time down. No. You'll see when you come visit. We'll play at the golf course. It'll be a good time. I don't have class till till 10.15 on Mondays anyways. 
Awesome. All right, it's Dirty Mike. 23 Luke B. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>